Welcome. You're about to listen to a teaching of the Foursquare Gospel Church, VGC District. At Foursquare, we believe in the transformation of communities through the multiplication of disciples, leaders, churches, and movements. May your hearts be blessed and transformed as you listen. Uh, to some of us, Christmas meant different things to us. Growing up as a kid, it was the time to, you know, to wear a new dress, to wear new shoes. As a matter of fact, some of us, it's only on Christmas that we wear shoes to church. To God be the glory. Whatever Christmas meant to you, I like to tell you that Christmas meant love revealed to mankind. Christmas was the biggest, the greatest gift that has ever been given to man. And in case you haven't experienced that love, the Holy Spirit will speak to her today in the name of Jesus Christ. I reckon that there are many seasons to life and there are many experiences we, be, we pass through in life. I want to assure us this morning that the Father's love is available for us. God loves us so dearly, so deeply, that eyes have not seen that depth of love. The dimensions of God's love to us cannot be contemplated by mortal mind. And I pray this morning as we go to the scripture, the Holy Spirit will reveal the word of God to us anew. And you will come to that consciousness of God's love for your life. Like Jessica said in the story that Pastor told us, we all need to be constantly reminded that God loves us. Never wake up one day and, not, and step out of your house without assuring yourself of God's love, of God's protection, of God's kindness, of God's favor. favor. These are not just feel good statements. They are realities of our redemption package that God has given to us at Calvary. They are the reasons why Christ came to show us the love of God and to implant in us this same love so that we will experience it and we'll be able to express it. It's a two-dimensional thing. The love of God is to be experienced daily by every believer. And it is also meant to be expressed daily among ourselves and to the unsaved world. This morning, the Holy Spirit will speak out to our hearts in the name of Jesus. I'd like to read Romans chapter 5, 1 to 11 very quickly. I will read uh, from the New Living Translation. Therefore, sorry, before I continue... The topic for sharing this morning again is the Father's love. And the theme 
for this month is perfect love. And that is the Father's love. And I pray that the Lord will help us to live in the realm of this reality. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into the place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Verse 3. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confidence, our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Verse 6. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Verse 7. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from, the God, from God's condemnation. Verse 10. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of a son. So now we can rejoice in a wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. First John chapter 4 verses um, 7 to 8. Their friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Verse 9. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in the name of Jesus. And may the Holy Spirit ignite the spirit of faith in our hearts to appropriate, to understand, to comprehend, and to believe the truths of the word of God that has been read to us in Jesus' name. God's love to us and in us is without question beyond the contemplation of unregenerated man. Only to whom? He chooses to reveal it. This nature is what every believer 
has inherited and is commanded to express. And by the grace of God, we're going to examine very quickly this morning the dimensions of the Father's love. The demonstration of his love for us in our daily living. And of course, we're going to look at God's desire to show his love to the world through us. And now we can live among ourselves as brothers and sisters. It is meant to be experienced and to be expressed. Love, the love of God is not meant to be kept in the archive or to be enjoyed you know, only, uh, solely. It is meant to be given. And I pray this morning as we share the Holy Spirit will help us in Jesus' name. I'd like to start to tell you a short story. There was a vicar who was uh, planning to wed two young couples. And he noticed that the lady was so agitated. So, you know, the lady was so scared, so afraid. And uh, the vicar was just thinking, what word can I use to encourage this lady? And he remembered there was a verse in one of the messages he intended to preach during the wedding. So he called the young couple, the best man and the chief's bridesmaid to his office. And he asked the best man to open to First John 4, 18. Uh, this best man is a very rusty churchgoer. You know, it's one of those people, if you ask him to open the book of Matthew, you'll be looking at Leviticus, looking for, for Matthew. So he quickly, you know, uh, fetched his uh, Gideon's Bible. And uh, he told the vicar that he has seen it. So, not knowing the difference between First John and the gospel according to St. John. So he opened to the book of John, chapter 4, verse 18. So, and the vicar said, look straight into the lady's eye and read to her. How many of us know what is John 4, 18? How many of us know? I won't blame you if you don't. And the best man looked straight into the eye of the lady and said, for you had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you are living with now. And the, the, the vicar was totally embarrassed. And that is where precisely I want to share, start the sharing of this message. The book of John chapter 4. Jesus Christ left Judah and he was about going to Galilee after facing some persecution in Judah. And normally, the Jews will not, under any circumstance, go through Samaria while going to Galilee or going to any of their city. It's like you're going to Ekwe from VGC and you decide not you because you, you're, you're a trail for Ajah people. Do you understand? You just go through Ikurudu all the way before you get to Ekwe 
and that suits them. There, is, there was a deep-seated hatred between the Jews and the Samaritans. They would not even come close to each other. And here was Christ. He was going to Galilee. And he deliberately passed through the town of Samaria to get to Galilee. The first lesson about the love of God is it breaks barriers. It breaks barriers. It abolishes enmity. The, the, the love of God is given to the undeserved. So when Jesus Christ got to the town of Shaka, he decided to rest and told the disciples to go to the city and fetch them food because they were very hungry. And a young lady came by the well of Samaria, the well of Jacob that, that was given to Joseph to fetch water. And Jesus Christ approached her and said, give me water to drink. Remember, the Samaritans and the Jews will never, they don't see high to high. But Jesus Christ approached this woman and asked for water to drink. And the woman rightly told Jesus, no, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaria. This, this was Christ asking for water, the Jew asking for water. The Samarian, who will have thought that, wow, what's a different Jew we have here? I said, no, I will. It's not normal for you to ask water uh, from a Samaritan. And Jesus Christ told her, if you know the person asking you for water, you will have asked him instead, and he will have given you rivers of living water. Oh, the Lord will give us springs of living water. In the name of Jesus Christ. We will never go th a thirst again in the name of Jesus Christ. And this woman engaged, Jesus Christ engaged this woman in a long conversation. And most of the deepest truth of the kingdom were revealed to this woman. And you're going to see the character that Christ sat down with, that Christ engaged in eternal conversation. To cut it short, Jesus Christ asked the woman, where is the husband? He said, no, I don't have any husband. Jesus Christ, it is true, you don't have any husband. You've had five husbands. This is what my people in Niger Delta call Bonfo. You know the meaning of Bonfo? Uh, Uche is what I born for Chukudi. Uh, this uh, Usita is the one I born for Osato. You know, five children, five fathers. And yet, this is the woman that Jesus Christ engage in a one-on-one -on -one conversation. 
And I pray to this morning that the Lord will reach out to you irrespective of where you're coming from, irrespective of your background. Jacob was a 419 person, was a froster. He defrauded his brother and he became a fugitive. And yet, the Lord showed mercy on him and revealed himself to him. And he became the father of the nation of Israel. He became the deliverer of the promise that God made to Abraham. God's love is so, so intense. We cannot fathom the, you know, the, the dimensions of his love. And a lot of time, the burden that God himself had not placed on us, we deliberately excluded ourselves from his grace because of our, you know, our assessment of our personal condition. But look at this woman. Jesus Christ reached out to her. By the time Christ was done with this Samaritan woman, hmm, she became an evangelist. How many of us will welcome into our homes? A woman that has been changing husband like Rapa. How many of us will even trust them to sit down with them in church? But Jesus Christ sat down with her and revealed to her that, look, the issue about worship is no longer go to this mountain, go to that mountain. Because God is spirit and they that worship him must do so in spirit and in truth. Save for that woman, that statement wouldn't have come out. Oh, it is my prayer this morning that you open up the doors of your hearts to the love of God and allow Jesus Christ to take you on a voyage of the Father's love in the name of Jesus Christ. God's love is inexhaustible. It is beyond what one man can consume. It is so big. Oh, we remember this song. Love of Jesus is beautiful. Love of Jesus is wonderful. Love of Jesus is marvelous. So wonderful. Choir, can you help me out? So big. so much. God bless you in the name of Jesus. The love of God is so, so deep. It can get under it. And it is my prayer as we celebrate Christmas. You will swim in the oceans of God's love. You will forget yourself in the hands of God. And you will no longer 
pay too much attention to your present condition. And yesterday night, I was really uh, moved to come up with this uh, word hat. Please, can you bring it up again? It summarizes the dimensions of God's love. And I want to plead with you. Just wake up every morning and point to one of them. And that's your portion for that day. If you say that God is kind, that's what the love of God is. It's inexhaustible. It is ever-present. It is perfect love. It is limitless. It is limitless. A senior pastor told us about Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute. Was a big uh, sugar mummy in town. With a lot of agents. The senators called her. And would send her girls to them. She was the biggest person in town. That was the only reason why the spies know where she is. She had a hotel full of these people. Guess what? God had mercy on this woman. And she became members of the covenants of the wealth of Israel. And the Lord Jesus Christ lineage came through this same woman. These are people Renegades that have been written off in the society. People that you never can imagine could come to, to the knowledge of Christ. During the week, one of the persons I used to know in the university became a canon in the Anglican communion. And I was just thinking. So I sent him a message on Facebook. This is one of the guys that, was, that, that, that used to trouble us in the fellowship. When we gather together in the hall to hold fellowship, they will be pouring sand on us, spraying us with water. And today it's a canon. Are you listening to me now? How do you explain that? That is the love of God. What can we say about Stephen and Saul? And this is why I believe very strongly that, look, the fact that you are going to try in time or difficult time does not mean that God has abandoned you. There is eternal purpose that God is working out. Look, he got to the peak when Stephen was taken out of the city to be stoned. Stephen said, I saw heaven open and Jesus Christ standing. There was a guard of honor set up for Stephen. And I believe that Jesus Christ was only asking Stephen, what do you want me to do? And believe me, if Stephen had said, let, their, let fire come down and consume them, including Saul, they would have been destroyed. Yes or no? Yes or no? Oh, but the Bible says Stephen nailed down. And said, Father, unto you I commit my spirit. But for this one, let none of them escape your salvation. Don't count this sin against any of them. I am convinced that every single person 
that stood stoning Stephen got saved. How do I know this? Saul was converted. Saul was the one receiving the cloth of those who stoned Stephen. And Saul was converted. Did Stephen fulfill God's purpose for his life or not? He did. God has the power to stop Stephen from being stoned. But he allowed it to show that his love has no boundary. That he, you know, he can fulfill his purpose. Think about the three Hebrew children. Do you know it will have been the greatest miracle as they wanted, as they planned to throw those children into the lake of fire? The breeze just blew from the east and held them in the space and pushed them back and not allowed them to enter the fire. Wouldn't that be a great miracle? Huh? But what happened? God allowed them to be thrown into the fire. But he was there ahead of them. Whatever situation you're passing through, this morning I want to reassure you that God has gone ahead of you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because he loves you so deeply. And we must constantly remind ourselves of these facts. Do not magnify the challenges of the devil above the love of God. The Father's love is all-encompassing. And I pray this morning, it will come anew in us in Jesus' name. The Father's love is unconditional. Just as I am, without one plea. You know, it is only by your grace that I've come thus far. It is not because we have done any good thing, but because of his love and his mercy. That is why he has saved us. If you realize that God's love is unconditional, otherwise people like, like Rahab will never have smelt the kingdom of God. The thief on the right hand of Christ who have no place. In fact, the only place he had was in hell. But Jesus assured him that you're going to meet me in paradise. Ladies and gentlemen, the love of God is beyond our human understanding. God does not judge the way we judge. His love is unconditional. And God's love is everlasting. It's everlasting. It's not a momentary thing. Something happened to me about five years ago, which I regret a lot. And that shows as a human being, we are, we are prone to error. That was a young boy. When in my former school, in my former church, they lost their father. And the poor widow was always, was just struggling to train them. So when this boy got to the university and the mother, we decided to support him. Sometimes he would rush that he needed a laptop to do project. We, you know, we give him a laptop, we give him stipends and all that. So when he graduated, he came and said, Daddy, to the glory of God I've graduated and our convocation is coming up shortly. I'm bringing your card. 
for the convocation. I felt so good and said, ah, yes, I truly deserve to have a card, a seat on the convocation day. So one day, two days, this guy didn't show up. The convocation came my way, he didn't show up. And I felt very hungry that this guy has taken advantage of me. And trust me, you cannot be a Christian if people don't take advantage of you. It's part of the package. Brothers will take advantage of you. Friends will take advantage of you. Unbelievers will take advantage of you. But can't it all joy? Can't it all joy? Because that's a sign that you are the child of your father. What did Christ do for him to be sentenced to death? No sin. So this guy didn't show up. So one event happened in the my church, and I went there. Ah, this guy now ran to me and said, Daddy, Daddy, I'm so sorry I lost your phone. Can you give me your number? I said, me give you your number. Lie, lie. Go and look for my number elsewhere. And I didn't give him. I have not seen that guy till today. The Holy Spirit smote me. I said, so it's all about convocation. It's because he didn't give you a card for convocation. I've been praying that God just touch the heart of this young man so that he can even send me an SMS and say, hey, Daddy, how are you? And I reckon that that's the way God feels about us. Lord, that we just walk away. We use God, dumb God, at will. I pray that you will not be like that in Jesus' name. And my heart longs to be reunited to him. Every single day I think about him. And that's the way God thinks about you. God's love never fails. God never repents. God will never regret loving you. And I want to pray and challenge us this morning that we must not lose sight of God's unfailing love, God's everlasting love. I want to talk again so that we can close this message. The expression of his love through us. You know, the reason why Christ lives in us is so that we can become Christ-like. Do you understand? God is love. And love dwells in us. And it expects us to express that love. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciple when you have love for one for another. The Bible says, do not be tired in well doing. Don't be weary. I know human beings can weary you, but don't you ever be weary in well doing. Because you're going to reap if you do not faint. There are some people who truly do not deserve your love. They have abused it. They have turned around against you for being kind to them. I've witnessed that times without number. Somebody I trained from, from uh, year one to the end. God seen a job. God, you know, married for him and all that. Could turn around and be your worst enemy. 
That's human being for you. But in your hearts, the Holy Spirit will comfort you. Because you are demonstrating the love of God. And I like them to show another word art I've created to show the Christ-like love. The future, the characteristics of the Christ-like love. Anytime a brother or sister want to weary you, just close your eyes and point on any of these things and do it. Open your eyes and say, say, oh, joy. Just say yourself, rejoice evermore. I say unto you, rejoice. This is the fruit of the Spirit. These are the characteristics of Christ-like love. Love is patient. Please cut some people a slack. Cut them some slack. Don't be too hard on your brother or your sister. I'm, I'm, I'm being serious now. He came yesterday. He's coming today again. Don't be tired. Cut them some slack. Sit them down. Offer a permanent assistance so that they can be who God wants them to be. Be patient with one another. If God wasn't patient with you, you would not have a place in God's kingdom. That's the truth. This is the season of Christmas. Christmas is not December 25th for Christians. The attribute or the character of Christmas is a daily experience. And the Lord will grant us the grace in the name of Jesus Christ. We must be patient. We must grow in love. We must learn to build bridges and not walls. Don't build bridges among your brothers. Even in your families, stop building walls. Rather, build bridges. Look for common grants, things that unite. Emphasize that. Whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is of good report, think about those things. Do not add fuel to the flame that is burning between two brothers. Do not sow seed of discord. Praise the Lord. If, if two brothers are fighting, be the peacemaker. And the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus Christ. In closing, I'd like to end with four key thoughts about the Father's love. Psalm 136 verse 1. It say, praise the Lord for his mercies endures forever. Never forget that. God's mercy never fails. It endures forever. Psalm 121. God said, I will not suffer your feet to be moved. I will keep watch over you. He that keepeth Israel does not slumber. 
God is on a 24-hour by 24 by 7 assignment because of his love for you. Be assured. Tell yourself that all the time. Read that psalm. To psalm is a be- Psalms are beautiful scriptures that if you can, read a psalm every day. Hallelujah. It will not forsake you. Isaiah chapter 49. It said, Yet Jerusalem says, The Lord has deserted us. The Lord has forgotten us. Verse 15. Never can a mother forget a nursing child. Or let me read it the way it is done. It said, Never can a mother forget a nursing child. We know it does happen these days. Mother even said their children. The scripture knew. Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, if there is the smallest chance that that was possible, I will not forget you. That's what God says. I will not what? Say to yourself, God has not forgotten me. He will never forget me. And lastly, his presence and Father's love to us and the lost word is assured. Matthew 28 verse 20. He said, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given to you. And be sure of this. I am with you always. Even to the end of the age. Shall we bow down our heads to prayer? The Father's love. The Father's love. Oh, the Father's love is so, so deep, so wide, so high. Oh, it is limitless. It is inestimable. It is unfailing. It endures forever. Just speak to yourself this moment. Lord, I thank you for the Father's love. I thank you because you have not forgotten me. I thank you, Lord, for my experiences because they are working out your divine purpose. I thank you, Lord, for your love that has redeemed me. And ask the Lord to help you to express the same love. One back to God in obedience to one another in sacrifice and to the home believing world, the dying world by taking the message of the gospel to them. And this morning, if you are there, you have not given your life to Christ, you cannot express this love. You cannot come under this shadow of covering. The only thing you need to do is right now and where you are to take a, to take a decision. The Lord Jesus Christ, I want to become your child. I want to experience your love. If that is your heart desire this morning, put your hands on your chest. I'm going to pray for you. Whether you're online 
or within the auditorium or the carports, I want you to put your hands in your chest and say, Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you for dying for me, for showing me your love. I ask this morning for forgiveness of my sins and I want you to come into my heart. Father, we thank you, Lord, because you have heard us. We ask, oh God, that the Holy Spirit will begin to work in our hearts. We begin to heal our mind, our spirit, and our body. Begin to reassure us again and again of the Father's love. Thank you, Father, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.